Welcome to Getting Unstuck with Meredith Moore Crosby. I'm a global branding and public relations expert and author of Getting Unstuck, a guide to moving your career forward. I'm here to shine a spotlight on the mentors, advice, and proven strategies to keep your goals and vision a priority. Tune in as I share the lessons learned from making an impact inside and outside of corporate America and guide you to understand and practice what makes you happy. Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Getting Unstuck, Getting Unstuck with Your Speech, How Standing Up Can Help You Stand Out. This is a special episode for anyone who is struggling with finding the words to advocate for yourself at work, and it's inspired by an article on public speaking that I contributed to for Forbes.com as a part of Forbes Coaches Council. So I felt like it was a trend, and in this first series, I really want to address the questions that I feel like come up often and are keeping people from moving forward. And this one really starts with a limiting fear that a lot of us have because we feel like we're the only, whether that's the only woman, the only person of color, whatever might make you different, that can also make you afraid to stand out because, hey, you already stand out. So you have a choice about whether you want to stand out and stand up or stand out and sit down. So I want to talk to you about how I stood up in my career and kept my career because the facts are that women of color in particular are not present in management and in senior leadership. In fact, one in 25 in the C-suite is a woman of color. So, you know, there's a real gap there in what's possible for representation. And luckily, McKinsey and Company conducted their annual research with 279 companies employing more than 13 million people. And that's including pipeline data and HR practices. And what they found was that companies need to change the way they hire and promote entry-level and manager-level employees to make progress and to build the pipeline. You know, companies always like to promote internally, but that means that less women are getting hired in the first place and they're getting promoted at a lower rate, but they're leaving at the same rate as men. So there's less to begin with, but they're all leaving at the same rate. So the reality is one in five women feels like and is often the only woman or one of the only women in the room at work. It's twice as common for senior level women and women in technical roles. About 40% of them are considered the onlys. So this episode is about if you consider yourself an only and you're debating if you want to be an only, that also speaks out. That's also an ambassador that also is going to care strongly and advocate for a cause or a solution at work. And it's actually quite common. About 45% of women of color and 37% of men of color often are the only person of their race or ethnicity in the room. 
So I want to talk to you today about how to stand up and speak out at work. And then I'll share with you the six points that the study finds and what you can do within your company to help bring about change, to help advocate and be an ambassador for women or whatever your cause might be. It makes it a more inclusive world for everybody. So, ready? Let's go. So I want to tell you about how small voices have a big impact and how the conversation often has to start with you because what you have to say is worth overcoming your nerves. But you have to believe that, right? And you have to understand who it is who's depending on you to say something. But sometimes we get disconnected from that community. Sometimes we get so focused into keeping our job that we forget about what others don't have the opportunity to voice a concern or present a solution about. So I recently gave some advice to Forbes.com and it was that as you gain the confidence in your why, you have to make space for others by asking what's important to them and starting small and starting often. Well, that is basically the point of the podcast. I wanted to have another way to share what I've learned in navigating as somebody who has a background in diversity, inclusion, and communications. Because speaking out is about everybody communicating more effectively about the dimensions that you might not see or bring your attention to something that you might not be aware of. So I want to tell you a story about a situation that made me speak out and I didn't mean to, to be honest, but I was the only in the room and I felt compelled, I felt obligated. And so I had to say something. And um, if you want a bonus, I'll tell you what I said. Okay, let's go. So. Unfortunately, in a horrible incident, it was the death of Philandro Castile. And I was traumatized, as were a lot of people. But I had to go to work the next day. And the trauma, the anxiety, it happened right in our house. It was a lot. But I had to go to work. And so I remember getting to work and realizing that I had a management team meeting that I had forgotten about because I'd been so distracted with just trying to process, like, how, how does this happen with your family members in the car? It, there were so many things in that. There still are so many things in that that are disturbing. And I was late to this management meeting. Now, if anybody is in management, you know that your presence is important. When you are not there, your voice is not as powerful when you are not present. And so it was very important to me to be at the meeting, to be on time. And I was late and they started on time. So I showed up and of course, not only was I the only uh, person, of woman of color on the team, out of like, let's call it 50 of us, out of 50, only woman of color, and and um, I was late. 
So you don't have to take attendance to notice I wasn't there. On top of the fact that now I'm there. And you're going to notice I'm there because I'm only a woman of color. So, I mean, it's the truth. So I walk in. I'm already sheepish, right? Because you don't want to be late. And I'm still catching my breath. And like just, you know, getting situated in your seat. And the person leading the meeting, the like senior most person, says, I wanted to open the floor to talk about an event that happened recently. If anyone thinks it's important to discuss that, this is the time. Now, it's one of those moments where you like look down and you're like, you can't, they can't possibly be talking about what I think you're talking about, because that's probably not the way I would have brought that up. You know what I mean? But you're sitting in the meeting now. You're the only. So it doesn't matter how they brought it up. I got to say something. Right? I got to say something. So <laughs> I raised my hand because I went to Howard University and I understand that you have to address things when you see it. So I raised my hand because if it's not important to me, I understand it's not important to anybody else. I understand that. I think Howard, I really credit Howard University with teaching me that, that you have to advocate for yourself everywhere you go. You cannot expect anybody to care about your stuff. Not as much as you do. That's your responsibility. So I took that responsibility in that moment. I raised my hand. And of course, he gestures that, you know, I can speak and looks relieved, you know, which I understand. I'd be relieved. I, nobody wants to have this conversation, right? I get that. So I'm going to give you the formula that I use when I get stuck and I'm in a situation and I have to give a speech I don't want to give. But first, I wanted to paint that picture for you of how I got into that situation. I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. If it had been up to me, I would have been in my bed. But it was not up to me. I had to go to work. And I wanted to share it because there are a lot of people out there that have to go to work. Horrible things happen in the world. You still have to go to work. And when you're at work, when you're at holiday parties, when you're at any of these social events, people want to talk about things that when you're different, you know, that takes a lot of energy. And you have to explain things to people and advocate for yourself because you can't keep, you know, lessening or just quieting yourself. You cannot keep doing that. Um, not unless you choose to. Not unless that is what you want to do. And so this episode is about standing up and standing out because I'm not saying that you can do this and go unnoticed. No, mm -mm. no. And I'm also not saying that you should do it just for the sake of doing it. You should do it because it's something that's important. And for me, understanding that people have to go to work, they don't have a choice. If I don't go to work, there are very real consequences. Understanding that made me and makes me empathize with how people should be treated at work. Not just to be respected, but to feel dignified and to feel connected to the business that coming to work is a safe place for me. For some people, work might be the safest place they go. So it's important to me that we make work, wherever that is for people, a pleasant experience because people have to go there. They, for a lot of people, it's not a choice. They have a choice of employers, but they don't have a choice to work. So anywho, here are my steps that I, when I have a moment like this, 
in my head, I always try to run through really quickly. What are the points that I want to make? What are the things that I, I want to cover? And these are the checkoffs that I have in my mind. Whenever I find myself as the only in the room and somebody says something that I have to respond to. Okay, let's go. Number one, start with why you are speaking up. This is for you and for your audience. Before you put your hand in the air, understand why you're putting your hand in the air. What do you want to accomplish? What's the point here? What's your end game? What do you want them to do? Why are you raising your hand? Why is this important to you? If you're advocating on behalf of someone else, start there. But hopefully you've done some research before you raise your hand to understand why you're speaking up. What is going on that has struck a nerve with you? For me, it was a combination of two things. It was a combination of communications. I didn't like if it's important. That felt disrespectful. And the second one was I was concerned as the only person in the room that these are the people who can make it better or worse for the people who report to them if they understand that those people might not be at their best today. And it's nothing personal. It's nothing about their performance. But today might just not be the day. This might not be the week. You know, this is not the time to go ask them, hey, what do you think about what happened? This is not it. Mm -mm, don't do that. So standing up can make other people uncomfortable. I just want to be clear about that. But when you start with your why, you're taking responsibility as a speaker to be clear about your goals and objectives. I hate when people stand up and they don't have a point. So everybody does. That's a public service announcement. Everybody hates that. If you start, I'm, I do this all the time. If I start talking and I forget what I'm talking about, I stop talking. If you're ever in a meeting with me, I don't talk a lot. I don't. I really try not to. Because if you don't have a point, we could be moving on. So don't think every hill is a hill you have to die on. Know your why. Why are you standing up? Second, no judgment. Your goal is to make friends, not enemies. Now, this one goes for you and for your audience. Do not beat yourself up. Whatever you decide about what your why is, you can't take on everything. It is not your fault. Do not judge yourself. And the same thing for your audience. Nobody's going to follow somebody who doesn't like them. Okay? People don't want to listen to you if you're accusing them, if you're, they don't want to, nobody wants to be attacked. If you've ever been verbally attacked, it's extremely unpleasant. Nobody enjoys that. So in order to convince people, you have to make them like you. You have to be kind and you have to figure out a way to get them to listen. Now that is a mix of adjusting the tone of your voice, but it's also reading the room and being able to read the social cues to make sure that you're using words and scenarios that resonate with people. So number three, give practical solutions. This is not the time to paint a grand vision of the future. Now, I've had countless times where I've had countless times, particularly earlier in my career, when I had less perceived influence and authority at work. And speaking up, honestly, didn't work. In fact, the advice I would get was, let it go. If it's not going to be that big of a deal, if it's not going to be life-changing for you, let it go. And when I would, 
stand up and make a passionate plea and talk about a better world and fairness and what should happen, the next person would then say something like, hmm, you know, I don't know how we would do all of that. That seems like a big problem. Let's table that and discuss it later. And tabling something in corporate speak basically means killing it. So they've moved on. So be careful that you don't just paint the problem, but that you also present a solution. And remember that you work there, so you should be able to present a solution that you know would actually work. That's the whole standing out in a good way. If you can present a problem and a solution, that's fantastic. So think about your next steps in terms of what you can change and how you can measure it. So if this is going to become something that's your responsibility at work, or is this something that should sit somewhere else? So like in this case, I knew that I'd already gone through the conversation about diversity and that there was an issue with budget and there just wasn't a local, there wasn't somebody who had that responsibility for that particular office, for that particular team. And that's what they were, that's what they needed. So you have to understand what your lack of engagement could uh, cause your company in benefit or in loss. So you have to be able to explain, okay, well, if this is a resource that they need, you should really request that they find a salary to be able to accommodate that, you know, to be able to make that resource available because it's useful to you. So. Again, start with why you're speaking up. Two, don't judge yourself. No judgment. You want more friends than enemies. Three, give practical solutions. This is not the time to paint a grand vision of the future. Tell them how they can fix it. Okay, so you're probably saying that sounds easy enough, but it's not. I'm not gonna tell you that it's easy. It takes courage. And I'm telling you, it is important especially if you're the only in the room. So here's how I handled it when it was my turn. Um, I didn't have it written down, so I'm doing this from memory, but this is basically how it went. And remember, this is after, if it's important, uh, this is the time to discuss it. That's how I was, that's how it was set up. So here we go. This is my best reenactment, what I said. First of all, thank you for um, adding this to the agenda, I agree with you that this is an important issue. And I, as I stood up, I understood that I might be the only person in the room to give you a perspective on how other employees, customers, and community partners that also feel different like me might be struggling um, and wondering what those of us in this room think about what happened to Philando Castillo. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity to talk amongst each other because as my mentor, Pat Harris at McDonald's used to say, none of us is as good as all of us. So while we don't have this resource in our department, I wanna make sure to share with you my story because I can't enter into every room, but you can. So I want you to know that even though I'm here today, and I'm sorry I'm late, but even though I'm here today, I had a hard time. This has been really difficult for me. As an African-American woman married to an African-American man with two 
little African-American boys. This has really affected me. And I honestly didn't want to come to work today, let alone be standing here making this speech. But here I am. And I'm here because we have a problem. There's not enough people who are different so that I don't have to stand up every time one of these things happens. And these things have happened too many times. So I've been having to stand up, it feels like, a lot. So I wanted to tell you how I think you can stand up for your employees today. Because we might be late coming into the office because we had to take a different route to work today. We can't bear to drive by and possibly see blood on the streets. We might need a longer break to check in with our family or check the news for updates to help us process what happened and what we can do. We might not be as happy or as focused on customer service because we haven't had the time to care for ourselves. So it's hard to make other people's problems a priority when ours seem to be invisible. And most importantly, we might not want to talk about it in a team meeting, in a one-on-one, -on -one, in a project call, because sometimes you just want to go to work and do your job. And today, guys, I'm in that last category. I was just praying you wouldn't notice me coming in late. So I'm in the last category, guys. I just came to work today, praying you wouldn't notice me for coming in late. And now I'm here making a speech, but I didn't want to. My hands are shaking. I've only had my coffee, not my breakfast yet. And I just want to ask for your help. You may not feel the same way I feel or be impacted. But if today you realize that something is wrong in this situation, I'd appreciate it if you'd talk to your friends at corporate. Talk to the people who can make a decision to provide greater resources so that I'm not the only one standing up and standing out. Recruit more people, hire more people, promote more people. But if you believe that my role is important, if you believe that my voice is important, if you believe that this speech has helped you understand something that you didn't before I started, then I'm asking for your help. Having me at the table can prevent costly mistakes that create lawsuits and labor issues when instead of speaking up, employees, customers, and our community feel they have to seek outside counsel. But instead of doing my job, I end up talking about things that I didn't want to talk about in the first place. And I'm not compensated for that extra time. So you can make a difference. You can make a big difference, or you can make a difference just by how you treat your team today and how you respect my boundaries. That I'm not here to talk about my experience. I'm here to do my job. Thanks for respecting me. And thank you for listening to my reenactment of my stand up and stand out speech. What did you think? What did you think? It was super stressful when it happened. I think people clapped. I think uh, management definitely came and talked to me afterwards, the um, like highest ranking people. and. So they thought that I was very um, courageous. So I cannot say that I have not ever experienced having rumors or having things like that after speaking out where people don't know where the boundary is 
or people apply different things to their experience. And all of a sudden, it'll be, I heard, you know, you stood up and yelled at the meeting. I didn't yell. I didn't raise my voice at all. You know, I heard that you gave me a, uh, you know, they said something. No, I didn't. I mean, people, this is the rumor mill. If somebody wasn't in the room, when people retell it, it often becomes different. But that is not a reason not to do it. I say it because you are not the only person who is the only. And that's why you should arm yourself with this Women in the Workplace 2018 study as a beginning. If you have nothing else, this is a great study because it covers such a breadth of companies. And ultimately, a company is competitive. And so the trends are saying that diversity is going to be a huge differentiator. Because whoever can figure this out, whoever can scale it, whoever can really make it make sense, it's just like sustainability. And now how you can charge more if you can tell somebody that this is sustainable. If this is organic, it costs more. If this is made by somebody who is underrepresented, disadvantaged, and uses recycled materials, that can be more expensive because I'm willing to pay for that person to make up a bit of that gap. I'm paying a little extra to bridge that gap. And basically what the study is saying is that companies are going to have to help with bridging that gap that women of color are reaching out and companies are going to have to figure out a way to reach back better. So I want to give you the six things that they point out as the things that companies are going to need to do in order to champion gender diversity. So if you want to start a women's network, if you are working on creating a strategy on inclusion, um, whatever it might be, whatever your goal might be, these Six things will help you stand up, stand out, have practical solutions at work. And if you're interested in having a role that does combine your passion in this area and a skill set, all the more better. So here you go. Use the research. And when you see the report, you'll see these are in there. But get the basics right. They talk about setting targets, reporting, and accountability. Number two, ensure that hiring and promotions are fair. Number three, make senior leaders and managers champions of diversity. Number four, foster an inclusive and respectful culture. Number five, make the only experience rare. And six, offer employees the flexibility to fit work into their lives. So I think the story I gave you touches on all of those areas. You know, I was in a position where we had targets to have diversity, and then I'm the first, the only. What's the accountability if I leave, if something happens? Um, ensuring the hiring and promotions are fair. You know, uh, why am I the only in the room? Why aren't we, if this is a real initiative, why aren't there more people in the seat? Making senior leaders and managers champions of diversity. That's what I was doing, was trying to champion it and be in the room. But another, the best ally, the best champion are white males. Because it's one thing when the person affected stands up. It's something else when somebody who is not affected says, hey, man, this is a problem. So keep that in mind, folks. You don't have to be um, visibly affected by whatever it is you want to stand up for. You can just care. You can just be a human and not like unfairness. Uh, number four, foster an inclusive and respectful culture. That's what I was trying to demonstrate with the way I spoke to the group. 
I didn't get upset. I didn't cuss. I didn't try to make anybody feel bad. Uh, number five, make the only experience rare. Prevent that from happening. Now, I've seen that a couple different ways. Strategic promotion. You know, you advance people in a cohort. You know, so you make sure that they're not just the only person in the room. There's a study that says that three women on a board makes a difference. Two can't do too much, but three is enough to tip them over and to have voting power. So internally within the company, you have to know what the barriers are to know how you have to advance women to be able for it to be sustainable. And number six, offer employees the flexibility to fit work into their lives. That was all about me being late and not feeling like it was okay for me to miss the meeting, not feeling like there's a video conference, there's no other way for me to participate, and it's not acceptable to, for me to call in black. That's not a thing So that I know of. So that's a struggle then. You know, you have to go to work. So you have to think about how do you, how do you make that work for people? And it doesn't always mean having extended hours. It could mean having a conversation and asking the person, what, what is your solution? What is it that you're presenting? So the biggest thing I want you to take away is it's okay if your voice shakes. Say it anyways. You know, I never get it perfect the first time. It's like this episode of the podcast, I have recorded probably 18 times. I can't get it right. But when you focus on progress, not perfection, it might not be right. But if you've listened to this point, it's because you know this is important. And so I knew it's important enough to make sure that the information gets to you. So I'm going to drop the link to the article that I contributed in the comments so that you have that to join the LinkedIn group and keep the conversation going. Search Getting Unstuck with Meredith Moore Crosby, or you can DM me and or send me a message and just include podcast and I will send you an invite directly. To get an alert on the next episode so you don't miss, and if you could, if you like this format, please let me know. And to get an alert on the next episode, subscribe to Getting Unstuck with Meredith Moore Crosby wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, folks. We are now available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. So I'm really, I'm going to step my game up. We're going to continuously improve. We're going to do it together. We're going to show up every week and we're going to, we're going to do this. I'm glad you're with me so early in the journey. It's going to be amazing. As soon as I get this all the way set up, nothing is ever going to hold us back. And this episode is dedicated to Amanda, Connor, and Logan Littlejohn because the Littlejohn family has been totally supporting me in this podcast. And not only have the boys provided the original music and audio production, Amanda has been my podcast unofficial official coach. And when I got really frustrated, they sent me an amazing video to tell me, if you feel stuck, you need to listen to your last podcast and get unstuck. And that is exactly the point of the podcast, is that there are days when all of us are down. I'm not perfect. There are days when I'm frustrated. And I do that. I read my book. I listen to my podcast. I mean, I listen to other people too. But that's the beauty of journaling. That's why people tell you to write these things down so you can go back and remind yourself that you can get out of this. This is solvable. You can do this. So thank you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Be sure to send me your questions for the next episode. Thank you. And remember, I'm here to help. Getting Unstuck with Meredith Moore Crosby would like to thank the generosity of our sponsors at the John S. 
and James L. Knight Foundation. To learn more about the story behind the podcast, how to connect, and get the book, visit gettingunstuckguide.com. Thank you for listening to the Getting Unstuck podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Moore Crosby, author of Getting Unstuck, a guide to moving your career forward. Connect with me at gettingunstuckguide.com for more lessons learned for making an impact inside and outside of corporate America and guide you to understand and practice what makes you happy.